Happy Resurrection Sunday, and I want to welcome you to our weekend podcast. I want to invite you today to turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Uh, please feel free to use your phone or your tablet. The YouVersion Bible app is a, is a great app to use. And if you have a physical Bible, you can turn to Luke 24 and then just hold your place. You know, the resurrection really is the crowning day of the Christian faith. I mean, there's a lot of great days that we celebrate. We love to celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Good Friday. There are other holidays that we celebrate together, but the resurrection is the crowning day of the Christian faith. This is like Super Bowl Sunday for Christians. Between Christmas and Easter this year, we've been focusing in on the life and ministry of Jesus. We've been talking about his birth, his early life, the miracles that he performed, the parables that he taught, and how he called some of the early disciples to follow him. For our current series, we've been focusing in on Jesus' last week on earth, leading up to the crucifixion and ultimately the resurrection. I can confidently say that the resurrection is what confirms everything else about Jesus. The resurrection is what confirms our faith. I've never experienced a faith crisis in my life. You know, I've never gone through a long season or an extended period of time where I doubted if God was real or if Jesus really rose from the dead. But I have struggled with certain aspects of my faith over the years. I remember early on in ministry, I was a youth minister in McAllister, Oklahoma. I remember wrestling with and struggling with different truth claims that the Bible makes. I think if we were all honest today, there's probably things in the Bible that you've struggled with as well. Maybe stories that are hard to understand, uh, truth claims that are hard to believe. Maybe you've had a faith crisis in your life or are currently going through one right now. You may be in a season where you're questioning if the Bible is true and if Jesus really did rise from the dead. Today, I want to share with you that if the resurrection is true, and I believe that it is, then it's all true. If the resurrection is true, then everything else that we read about Jesus and God's word is true. And my hope is that you would be able to stand with the more than 2 billion Christians around the world who believe in the resurrection of Jesus today. You know, in a time where there's almost 8 billion people living on planet Earth, not everyone believes in the resurrection. I think we know that to be true. Well, there was a Rasmussen poll. I think that's how you pronounce it, Rasmussen. Uh, there was a Rasmussen poll that was taken in the United States uh, back in 2016. That's the most recent one that I can find. And this poll asked Americans this question. Uh, do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? I was surprised to learn that 77% of American adults said they believe in the resurrection. I didn't think the number would be that high. It's been about six years since this poll was taken. A lot has changed in our world. A lot has changed in our country. So I'm sure these figures have changed a little since then. We do know that the statistics for a question like this are a lot different in other places around the world. In the UK, for example, the BBC did a poll in 2019 asking that exact same question, do you believe in the resurrection? And only 46% of adults said they believe in the resurrection. And there's a lot of skeptics when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus. You might be listening in today as someone who considers themselves a skeptic. Maybe you're unsure about this whole Jesus thing and unsure about the resurrection. Well, if that's where you're at, I just want to assure you, uh, that you are welcome here. We're glad that you're listening into the message today. And I hope that uh, today's message will be a blessing to you and that it will help with some of the questions that you have. 
There's a lot of very influential people in our world today who are skeptical about the resurrection. Yet the Apostle Paul said this in Romans 10 verse 9. He said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So if you publicly confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that he has the steering wheel, that he is guiding and directing your life. And then he goes on, he says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I think we clearly see in the New Testament that the resurrection is an essential tenet. It's a foundational belief of the Christian faith. In fact, to be saved, it's crucial that you believe in the resurrection of Jesus. So it is with absolute confidence that I say the resurrection is what confirms our faith. Last week, I shared an awesome truth with you about how the crucifixion is God's love demonstrated. In fact, there's nothing that demonstrates God's love more than the crucifixion of Jesus. Romans 5.8 reminds us that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. that While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the crucifixion is God's love demonstrated. But friends, it's the resurrection that confirms our faith. To help us have a better understanding of what I'm talking about, I'd like for us to read from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. It's a little bit longer of a text, but I think it's important that we read it in its entirety, and then we'll go back through and unpack what we read. In Luke 24, we read about a very powerful resurrection appearance. Some of your Bibles refer to this passage as the walk to Emmaus, and others refer to it as the the road to Emmaus. It's called the road or the walk to Emmaus because these two people that we read about They were walking along this road outside of Jerusalem, heading towards a small village called Emmaus. Now, it's important to point out, this walk happened on Easter Sunday. So Jesus had risen from the dead. But these two didn't know that yet. They're walking together, but they they hadn't yet seen the risen Lord. They'd heard some things. They'd heard about some reports of women going to the empty tomb, reports of other disciples going to the empty tomb, but they hadn't seen the risen Lord. So that's the context for what we're about to read. Luke 24, beginning in verse 13. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they'd seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, 
You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus in the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us, since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. Man, what an awesome resurrection appearance. This is one of 10 separate resurrection appearances that are recorded for us in the New Testament. Now, maybe you're wondering, why 10? Why, why are there so many? Well, the New Testament writers, they were careful and diligent to give us more than just one testimony, more than just one witness to confirm our faith. Sometimes Jesus appeared to just one person, like when he appeared to Mary Magdalene. We learned about this resurrection appearance on Good Friday. But most of the time, he appeared to groups of people, at least two or more, like appearing to the 11 disciples, or the time he appeared to more than 500 of his followers. It's important that we read about all of these resurrection appearances. And as we do, we learn that some of his followers were a little unsure about the resurrection at first. This was certainly the case with these two believers in Luke 24. Jesus came alongside Cleopas and another believer. We're not given the name of that person, although a lot of historians, a lot of theologians believe that this might have been Cleopas's wife. Again, we're not 100% sure. So Jesus came alongside them, started walking with them, but we read that God kept them from recognizing him. As he's walking with them, Jesus asked this question, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? It's kind of like he walks alongside him. He's like, hey guys, what are you talking about? And they didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Well, their response is great. In verse 18, Cleopas says, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here in the last few days. It's kind of like they're saying, are, are, are you kidding me? What planet have you been living on? Have you been living under a rock or something? They started telling Jesus about all the things that had happened to Jesus of Nazareth. So they're telling Jesus about Jesus, not realizing that it's Jesus that they're talking to. We get the impression that they went way back in the story. I mean, they were talking about how Jesus was this great prophet who performed powerful miracles. How he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. And how they'd hoped that he was the Messiah who'd come to rescue all of God's people. And as they're talking about these things, they were very discouraged. They were sad. They were disappointed. Luke 24, verse 17 says, They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. The NIV translation says, They stood still, their faces downcast. So they were sad. They were discouraged. I think they were feeling this way because they had hoped that Jesus was the one who would rescue or redeem Israel. 
In verse 21, Cleopas says, and it's the third day since Jesus was crucified. He's saying, not only do we hope Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, but it's been three days since he was crucified. Now, we talk about the third day, and we know that the third day is a great day. The third day means that it's Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. And Jesus had risen from the dead, but they didn't know that yet. For them, the third day meant something completely different. See, for them, they were saying that after three days, a person is really dead. You're not mostly dead after three days. You're you're all dead. The Jews had this belief that the spirit of a person would hover over the body until the third day. After three days, their spirit was gone, and they were considered all the way dead. When they said this, they were making the point that Jesus was all the way dead. A person couldn't come back after this amount of time. So they were sad. They were discouraged about everything that had happened. But then the conversation shifts in another direction. They started talking about how some of the women had gone to Jesus' tomb early in the morning and had come back with this amazing report that the tomb was empty. And not only was the tomb empty, but they also shared about how they had seen angels who told them that Jesus was alive. Some of the men who heard this report had also gone to the tomb to see these things with their own eyes. And sure enough, Jesus' body was gone. These men were able to confirm that the report was true. Now this word confirm or confirmation is an important word for today. In fact, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I'd like for you to say the word confirmation. I'm just going to trust that you're going to do it. One, two, three. Confirmation. Confirmation is important to all of us, I think, in different areas of life. You know, we look for confirmation in different areas. I'll give you a couple of examples. If you've ever started a new job, you want confirmation about that job. You want confirmation about what the pay is going to be, what the hours are going to be like, what your vacation time and benefits are going to be. And sometimes confirmation comes in the form of written confirmation. Other times it's more verbal but you look for confirmation. I'll give you another example. If you love someone, don't you want confirmation that that person loves you back? So if you say, I love you to your spouse, you typically expect a certain kind of response. You expect an I love you too in return. You want confirmation. You know, we all want confirmation in life. We look for confirmation. I think we all want confirmation in our faith as well. We want confirmation that what we put our faith in is real. And friends, that's exactly what the resurrection does. It's a confirmation for our faith. Everything that we learn about God through his word is confirmed in the resurrection of Jesus. I think it's amazing that as Jesus is walking and talking with these two believers, he gives them the confirmation that they're looking for and the confirmation that we all want in our own lives as well. In verse 27, we learn that Jesus took the time uh, to walk them through the Old Testament, explaining how all of the scriptures point to Jesus. Verse 27 says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from the scriptures the things concerning himself. So beginning with the writings of Moses, and this would be the first five books in the Old Testament, And then all the prophets, that would include really the rest of the Old Testament. Jesus explained all the things that were about himself. 
And we've said this several times, but it needs to be restated today. Jesus is in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is about Jesus. It points us to Christ. I'd like for you to grab a Bible if you have access to one, preferably a physical Bible. And then open to the place where the Bible separates between the Old and New Testament. Now, if you're not sure how to find this place, you can actually separate the Bible in half, um, open it, and then divide it in half again. If you do this, it should get you pretty close to the New Testament. Um, The New Testament starts with Matthew and then Mark, Luke, and John. So if you're in Mark, Luke, or John, you'll need to go back a little bit. So find um, where the Bible separates between the Old and the New Testament. The last book in the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. And what I'd like for you to do is to hold the Old Testament. Just hold it in your hand. That much of your Bible is the Old Testament. It's, it's the bigger of the two halves. There's more content in the Old Testament for sure. Well, today's passage says that what Jesus did to confirm that he is who he says he is and that the resurrection really did happen is that he talked with these two believers about everything in the Old Testament that is about him. Everything that points to him. Jesus was highlighting an awesome truth that this whole chunk of the Bible that we call the Old Testament is actually about him. Now, maybe you're thinking, Craig, the Old Testament is really hard to understand. <laughs> you know, maybe you've read stories in the Old Testament and heard sermons from the Old Testament. I've certainly preached messages from the Old Testament several times, but there's things that you come to and it's like, that's just really hard to understand. Well, you're not alone if that's how you feel. You know, I've been there so many times. The Old Testament is hard to understand. I uh, certainly would consider myself uh, more of a New Testament kind of person. Now, I, I love all of God's Word, all 66 books, and we should faithfully teach and live out what we learn in God's Word. Um, but I find it easier to understand the things in the New Testament, whereas my wife, um, she prefers reading in the Old Testament. It just comes more naturally to her. Well, can I give you a helpful tool that will help you better understand the Old Testament? Right, this, is, this is such an easy tool to use and to practice. I think it's really good. The tool is this. The key to understanding the Old Testament, or all of God's word for that matter, is to look for Jesus on every page. If you'll do that, understanding the Old Testament, understanding the New Testament will come a lot easier. Jesus was confirming the faith of these two believers by helping them understand that everything that's written in the Old Testament, all 39 books in the Old Testament, is all about him. And you know what? Our faith is confirmed by the word of God as well. When someone doesn't know an answer to a question in Sunday school, I think the classic response is to say, Jesus, all right? That's the classic Sunday school answer. Well, in this situation, The classic Sunday school answer is the correct answer. What is the Old Testament all about? It's all about Jesus. The purpose of the Old Testament is to point us to him. Jesus took the time to go through all of the Old Testament scriptures with these two believers, and he did so to help confirm their faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Jesus opened the word to these two. And as he did, their eyes were opened and their faith was confirmed. Our faith is confirmed by the word of God as well. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
These men had walked and talked with Jesus without even knowing that it was Jesus they were talking to. As they were getting closer to Emmaus, Jesus acted like he would be leaving them, but they begged him to stay. So he agreed. He actually ended up going to a house where they would share a meal together. And as they shared this meal, something amazing happened. Luke 24, verses 28 through 31 says, By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Friends, it was in this moment when they recognized the resurrected Jesus for the very first time. I mean, can you imagine what this must have been like? Walking and talking with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, not knowing that it was Jesus whom you were talking with, having the scriptures explained in a way you'd never heard before, and then having your eyes opened and seeing that Jesus was in fact alive. Man, what an experience. Immediately after having their eyes open, the Bible tells us that Jesus disappeared. Jesus had opened the word to them, and they had been won by the word. Their faith was confirmed by the word of God and by the resurrection, the reality of the resurrection. These two had the evidence of the women's report about the empty tomb and about the angels, evidence from other eyewitnesses, and now the evidence of God's word and how the Old Testament points to Jesus. I guess as a bonus, they also had their own experience with the risen Lord. I mean, how awesome is that? Listen to how they responded to all of this. We see this in verses 32 through 35. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. Warren Wearsby wrote, The best evidence that we have understood the Bible and met with the living Christ is that we have something exciting to share with others. So these two immediately left Emmaus and returned to Jerusalem to tell the disciples and the others about how they had met the risen Lord. But when they arrived in Jerusalem, the disciples and the others told them that Jesus was alive and how he had appeared to Peter. This was just a giant party where everyone was telling everyone else about the resurrection, sharing stories and testimonies about what they had seen. This resurrection appearance reminds us that a faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. Let me say that again. A faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. Time and time again, throughout God's word, story after story, we read about individuals whose lives have been transformed by Jesus. And the response that we always see is an excitement to share Jesus with others, an excitement to share their faith. I've seen God use many of you as you step out in obedience to share your faith with others. Did you know that when you share your story about how God has changed your life, 
It has the potential to make an eternal difference in someone else's life. And God wants to use you in that way. So the resurrection is absolutely what confirms our faith. If the resurrection is true, then everything else that we read about Jesus is true. Our faith is confirmed through the word. Today, that's where we learn about the resurrection. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And a faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. On this Easter Sunday, I want to encourage you to worship and celebrate our risen Lord. But I also want to encourage you to look for opportunities to dig into the word more and to look for opportunities to share your story, to share your faith with others. A faith worth having is a faith worth sharing. So let's celebrate the resurrection and let's do so by sharing the resurrection with others.